Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder. And since we've already had a fantastic podcast off the record, we figured we'd hit the record button here with yeah. Cameron Irwin. Might and, as uh, well. And finally let the people know who we're talking about. Where How are we doing, Cam? Where do we even start? I feel like we've already like circled six different topics before I even walked in the door. Yeah. So, no, but things are good. Yeah. Things are super good. Yeah, it's been a kind of a nice little two-month. When I say break, it's kind of like time for myself and time to work on fun projects that like I'm passionate about. And yeah. now all of a sudden I'm like, whew, getting back into things yeah. in about mm, two, well, less than that, about a week. And then I will go straight through December with events. So, Whoa. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. Like my off season is real short. Yeah. It's wow. pretty much it's like, like the... Beach players complain about a quick off season. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Damn. but, but right, you guys can complain, rightly so, because yours is a lot more physically taxing than mine. Mm-hmm. I'm just... Mentally, though, I mean, you're on like all the time. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, that's tough. Yeah. When I, no, when I stepped away from playing and I was up in the booth, I was more drained at the end of the day mentally than I was playing for sure I remember saying that like whoa this is brutal yeah I was like my face was like I mean I was also sick at the time but (laughs) (laughs) but also true it uh I was definitely like extremely drained plus I was just like the only one on the live stream just winging it yeah but well when I work with those two gurus it feels like that sometimes I'm like Kevin Dane where you at bro just kidding they work really hard but no it I mean it is very exhausting yeah um but honestly like when you feel like you have the best job in the world there's like not really room to complain right Mm -hmm. so like you finish and you're like holy crud i'm exhausted but like how epic is it that i get to wake up yeah and do it all over again tomorrow it's like draining but you also for me it was like it was really easy to stay energized and and engage like once a match started or once you know you had an athlete to like talk with or whatever at the end of it's like when i was walking away i was like whoa like damn I'm crushed right now <laughs> like I wish I played because when you play it's like just a different feeling yeah for sure well I'm, I am up in the booth wishing I were playing right, yeah. <laughs> all the time yeah maybe obviously not against you guys but I do love the game so much that mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm like at least I still get to be involved in this way mm-hmm. it's really yeah. fun but yeah no it's definitely different I remember like the first year with Amazon and ABP we'd finish and some nights we would get done at like I don't know, six o'clock, like with all the crew calls and everything. And we had our, when you're the one female, <laughs> I was like, you know, and Kelly was great too, but it was like hair and makeup in the morning. So we were up oh, an hour yeah. earlier than everybody. About that. Yeah. So hair Brutal. and makeup in the morning. So you're like, I don't know, five o'clock oh. is like my wake up. And then, oh yeah, but I've diminished that time nice. <laughs> very much. So five <laughs> o'clock. And then you start reeling. I would probably spend 45 minutes in the morning, just kind of like regressing over my notes going over things figuring out opens for the show then you start doing the show and that first year was so gnarly on your brain because we would hop around so much from court to court yeah so you're going like five points here five points there who's on this court again what's happening here like (laughs) for what eight hours Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're done and you're like it's seven o'clock i have to prepare for tomorrow i have to eat and by that time it's 11 o'clock at night you're like oof Four or five hours of sleep, yeah. here we go. <laughs> and so you finally make it to the last day. And that's, the, I think, the hardest part. And Kevin and I and Dane talk about a lot. The biggest matches, obviously, of an ABP weekend are the semifinals and finals. Right. right. And that is when you are your most drained. So as much yeah. as, like, the athletes are also drained, like, we're feeling the same thing. So, right. like, you're, you're stretched so much mentally and at that point, pretty physically. Right. You're like, 
what's my name again? Yeah. <laughs> like there, oh, there are a couple of times I remember we would like be sitting down for an interview and I'd be great with you guys. And all of a sudden I'd be like, and Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> yeah. like we literally like, that's how far our brains are at that point. So yeah, you're you Cameron Irwin and I'm Kevin. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, I'm sure that's happened on multiple yeah. occasions, but it like slips through the eight hour cracks of the day. Yeah. So, but no, honestly, it's the best job ever. Yeah. And it's, I think it's super easy to see that with you, especially, uh, it's clear that like Kevin really enjoys what he's doing, but like, you're just like so enthusiastic about it. Like so energetic. I'm like, I don't know how many cups of coffee Cam drinks a day, but it's just like this natural energy that like mm-hmm. it's e- it's so easy to see that like how much you care, and I think that's what makes you so good at what you do. That's what me and Gabby were just talking about that that like it's so easy to like see like how much you like care about not just like doing your job, but like the players. Like you're actually interested in their success and story. So wow, I'm you're gonna make me tear up. I'm super emotional. <laughs> I can't do that to you <laughs> because that's all I ever really wanted to do. Like I. I was a volleyball player since I was five years old. And obviously, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where beach volleyball wasn't a thing. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. still very much growing there. And thank you, AVP Seattle, because that is so, like, near and dear to my heart because I love the indoor game and I love the beach game. But my biggest thing is, like, to be able to help build and represent a, a brand and a sport that is, like, so, so cherished to me. And I, especially something that I feel like I part. I got to participate in in the indoor side um, in college, and then overseas for a few years, and then it's like I felt like it kind of got ripped from me. And so to be able to be still so involved in a sport that means so much to my heart is, and to have that shown, it's like there's no. I can't work like hard enough for this sport mm. because I love it that much. Yeah. So like the four hours of sleep a night, the stupid binders that I make, <laughs> um, the amount of notes and the relationships, like. It's all so genuine to me because I just, I love this game so much. And I love all the people in it. So that means a lot coming from you guys because it's just, it does. means a lot. So thanks. For sure. Yeah, it's it, it makes the day go by faster too. I feel like the yeah. beach season for you, what I, my guess is that like you could probably get super hyped before an event. And then after it's over, you're like, whoa. Okay, oh, yeah. you can just like come up for air like only at the end of the the event or maybe even the whole yeah. year. I'm sure it's like yeah, and that's kind of true um, on broadcasting in general too. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really interesting because, and I joke about it with my family. I live with such extremes, right? So like, uh, I spend a lot of time alone, which is not bad by any means. But the and you guys get it: the airplane rides, yep. the tra- yeah. the amount of travel you do. Like you're away from your friends, your family, your loved mm-hmm. ones. And you spend a lot of time watching film, dedicating to something and a, like a, a craft and a love. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh my gosh, now I have to go back to the real world or either, or I'm going on air and it's this, this crazy high of yeah. being on, being excited, enjoying what you're doing. And then you step off and you're like, I'm exhausted yeah. Yeah. and I'm by myself uh-huh. and I'm like, I got to prepare for the next thing. Totally. And so you really have to manage um, your emotions and that was probably the biggest lesson I learned in year one of ABP was just like, I was going through so, so much in terms of my brain of like, I'm learning, I have to work harder. I need to do this sport and this job justice. Like I can give myself completely to this. And then yeah. it's like, if you give yourself so much, then you lose part of who you are. So you're like, I had to learn to manage kind of the extremes of, of this job 
in yeah. not just Amazon AVP, but whether it's football or basketball or any of the coverage I do. Now it's like you kind of have to learn to manage a little bit. Yeah, totally. But I'm sure that's the same way with you guys. I even think of as an athlete, it was, it, oh, yeah. I just had to take that from athletics. But if you gave your all in like one aspect, then you're like, you can't do anything the next day. Yeah. So you kind of have to like manage your output. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, th- I feel like it's like the higher you go, the more you crash too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, yeah. No, like for you sure. Said, you got to manage it because if you don't realize that, then you're going to be crashing and you're going to be like, it's like a little mini depression, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I've heard plenty of stories of like Olympians that you go so hard for a really long time to train for this event. And then at the end, I mean, imagine if you get the gold, but like it's all this media, the whole world looking at you and you, you matter more than ever. And then it's just over. Yeah. Just, and you're like, now what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Phelps, Sean White, they all said they went through multiple depressions. Yeah. And that's like, I'm assuming that they knew it was coming too. And then, yeah, I mean, but that happens on a small scale, like for us. Like yeah. yeah. Even me, this right now, I'm going really hard for five days a week and trying to take weekends off to spend with family. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself on the weekends because I'm like, it's just such a quick stop. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it is. It's definitely a challenge. Yeah, but I'm sure that you, being an athlete, probably helped manage that because you played at Oregon and Washington State, right? Yep, both. And so I'm sure that, that your experience as an athlete helped you manage that because every athlete, like, the high of the win, and then you still got to go, like, you got to, like, decompress, mm-hmm. and you got to go back to work. I'm sure that that probably helped you manage the emotional roller coaster that can be just, like, yeah. going, 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 stop. <laughs> go. I think the, the difference was is learning to take what you did in athletics, so through college and whatnot, it was all regimented, right? Like, you knew what was coming the next day. Like, you get into life, Mm -hmm. you don't know what's coming the next day. Like, as much as I know what events I have or, hey, this is is how I need to prepare for this upcoming event or this is the amount of knowledge I need here, like, you still have to do life. Right. And that's the the part that took some time. And I really had to figure out, and I went, I went overseas for two years and played some volleyball and luckily I got to see and experience a lot of different cultures and different people, um, different ways of life, which was fantastic. But then still coming back over and being like, like, where's my place? Where do I belong? (laughs) I was an athlete and now I'm like, I can't even, I can't even go out and play a fun pickup game because I'm in so much pain. Yeah. I'm like, what do I do with something that, and I'm sure you understand this, but like you spend seven hours a day, 12 hours a day being an athlete. What do I do now? (laughs) And like as much as I luckily had some forethought and I had other passions. So from the time I was, uh, I think a sophomore in college, I started working and like producing content, shooting, editing, writing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always kind of was doing that even when I was overseas. And I knew, I, I even knew I had this game plan. Like I am going to be a broadcast journalist. I want to tell stories. I want to shape lives. Like, I was so driven, but even with that drive in my brain, I was sitting there going like, how in the world do I do this? Yeah. Like, where do I even start? Yeah. And I'm from like the sticks out in Washington (laughs) State, grew up on a farm. Like there's no, there's no major network television. Like it's not like there's some guide to say like, get an agent, get a headshot, do this. It's like, no, that's, I just was like, grind it out, talk to people, connect with people. 
mm-hmm. and fail a hundred times a day and figure it out. Yeah. And that's, I'm still to this day, I'm like, people ask me all the time, how did you, like, how are you doing what you're doing? Where'd you get? I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of freaking hard work. Yeah. Just, uh, and just, that's all I did. Without knowing the, the outcome. Without knowing the outcome. Blindly just going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so crazy. I mean, any, job in journalism like you're starting like below entry level pretty much like we had when we had Dane Blanton (laughs) on he was talking about how like he's this Olympic gold medalist like Mm -hmm. um and he started by not even working high school football but shadowing the people who were working high school football like you're talking about like Dane Blanton Uh a gold medalist and he had to shadow for a year and then he was able to do high school football for a year with um Geeter him and Geeter on the same staff gosh that would be amazing that is a crew right there (laughs) and then he just like you slowly get picked up by different places but Mm -hmm. like that's what all my professors at Maryland were like you're gonna have to write high school sports and not just like football and basketball. Like you, you're gonna get field hockey. <laughs> oh yeah. You're gonna get track. <laughs> you're gonna get everything. Yeah. No, my first my first journalism job was writing for my school newspaper my sophomore year of college, and like I didn't. You don't get paid. Like no way. <laughs> I'm writing. The cool part was I got to write a lot of the stories I wanted to write. Right. Um, so I remember I was we talked about like multi sport athletes, something I was super passionate about because that's going away from all of sports, was I think is horrible. Um, we talked about a ton of mental health cause that's been obviously a huge conversation in not just collegiate sport, but professional sport yeah. for the last decade. Thank goodness. Uh, and then I started, I just went to my like athletic department and I said, Hey, I, I'm pursuing a broadcast career. What can I do for you guys? And so unpaid, I was a college athlete. I was getting, probably four or five hours of sleep a night. Like I was not very much fun in college. Let's put it that way. My teammates, like I was definitely like, yeah, which is fine. Mm. I'm very grateful for like my experience, but I studied a ton. Mm. I did take care of my teammates, Yeah, (laughs) which was my role. And I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) And my teammates loved me. Thank goodness. At least I hope, I hope, I don't know if they'll be happy to be the ones to tell you that, but, uh, no, it was, it was a really fun college experience in that sense, except for I probably was a little too high strung. <laughs> um, and then I just started working for them. I went overseas before I even finished, pl- like, finished my college degree. I like left after my senior season. I was like, oh gosh, now I have to go back to school. So I went back to school <laughs> at Washington State, finished up. And at that time, because I had worked for them for three years, they were able to find me um, like they're paying me even then. So I've worked for them for three years unpaid spending stupid amounts of hours, yeah. like mm-hmm. just editing, cutting, editing, clipping. I don't know. We'd probably do three videos a week. That's a lot. Oh, it's a lot. And I manage all of it, produce it, shoot, it, edit. And <laughs> finally they found me, they were paying me like $15 for us for a piece that took probably 20 hours yeah. a week. So I was getting paid, like, yeah. Good. Which is fine. It didn't, ma- it didn't right. matter. Well, but, like, much. that's uh, the amount of experience, experience I gained and the lessons I learned. And, like, that's when I learned football. I got to sit in the football office for three years and listen to one of the greatest minds in football, Mike Leach. Yeah. And, like, build this amazing relationship oh, with yeah. him. And to this day, like, that man is still one of the people that taught me everything I know about football. 
That's and what a cool guy to learn from. No, I know, right? Freaking like, Mike Leach. He's, he's amazing. King and of the, press the rest conference. of and even the rest of um, like the staff. And now I look at it, I'm like, uh, the offensive coordinator at USC was just like our quarterbacks coach when I was there. So I got to like That's hang awesome. out with him, Graham Who Harrell. Is that now? Graham Harrell. Yeah. So and then now it's just like spread out. So it was all about like building these relationships and writing stories about these guys and just like getting the nitty gritty on them. And then it just. After that, I was like, well, hopefully Pac-12 gives me a chance. And then they did. <laughs> and works. I was shaking in my boots the first time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was Portal. your first assignment with Pac-12? Um, for with Pac-12, it was women's volleyball. Okay. And I had called, like, maybe a handful of games, maybe four or five for, like, WSU's live stream. Okay. And at the time, like, they weren't even, like, synced up to yeah. Pac-12, where it was, like, it was a student-produced product. Okay. It was, like, mm-hmm. literally, <laughs> it was me and um, my broadcast partner who was calling play-by-play. And so I figured that, you know, I just, I knew the team. At least I knew I was broadcasting my old teammates, which yeah. was hilarious, <laughs> and whatever team would come in. And I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Like, there are videos of me still out, like, standing, broadcasting, hitting shots, like, acting like I'm setting, like, standing up, being super animated, because that's all I knew, was just, like, just talk the game. Yeah. And I looked like I was playing the game. (laughs) So I did that, and then I think I had got four games my first year with Pac-12. And I was ecstatic. I bet. I was so elated, and four games, like, to broadcasters is not Mm -hmm. necessarily a whole lot, by any means. It's not something you're living off of, by any means. Right, right. But it didn't matter. Yeah. I was so excited. And the first game I ever called was in at Arizona. And I was play-by-play. And Rubio was so kind to me. But I even remember, <laughs> I had been out of the game for like a year. And he, he didn't even recognize me. I had, was a starter for three years in Pac-12 conference. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> didn't even know. And to this day, That's I like... That's my story at USC. Oh, yeah. I still haze him about it. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, really? Like, you couldn't even... And he's like, well, you look so different. I'm like, okay, sure. I know yeah. I just wasn't that good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's it was an amazing broadcast. And, gosh, I don't even know what I said. I, yeah. like, I'm sure I just saw red and tried to talk. Probably helped that it was a really familiar topic for you. And that it was volleyball and that you were talking about the girls that yeah, you played with. For sure. For sure. But I think the hard part, because you guys talk about too, like, I, I'm trained to do this. There's no real training to yeah. be a broadcast journalist that, like, really sets you up to do it besides mm-hmm. doing it. Yep. Right. And so, like, I considered going after a master's degree in journalism. But honestly, like, for us, it was, I talked to so many journalists, and they're like, if you get two years of writing experience, of production experience, of broadcasting experience that is going to serve you so much better in terms of perfecting your craft or getting better at your craft yeah. than to go sit and write for two years and trying to get a master's degree. Now, you will be a phenomenal journalist at that point, but you will have no work experience, and every bureau are going to come out, and everyone else is going to... Now, this isn't to say, like, don't go get your master's degree. They're really great, guys. They're really <laughs> good. Don't get in journalism. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's more so, like, depends on what you want to do in the field. Yeah. As a broadcast journalist, it was way more important to go get reps. Yeah. And so that was the biggest thing to me. Yeah. Right. But there's, there's no, like... Gosh, I, uh, there's no training for this. And, like, you just have to be... Super ballsy, and you have to be okay sounding like an idiot, 
uh, and not knowing what you're doing and just listen to yourself, critique yourself, be super hard on yourself. Yeah. And try and figure out like what your voice is and what you want to sound like. It's just a ton of practice. Yeah. That's such a hard thing um, because, like, you mentioned finding your voice, but I feel like a lot of journalists, either written or broadcast, Mm -hmm. always try to impersonate the people that we like. Mm -hmm. It's like writers always try to write like the writers that they really like, and you just do a terrible impression of whoever that writer may be until, like, you just experiment with all these different styles until, like, oh, I got my own little mutt Mm -hmm. writing voice. And so I feel like, did you kind of go through a similar thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I probably shouldn't share this story because <laughs> Kevin will just eat it up. Um, yes, and it's still, like, I don't think that will really ever go away. Like, yeah. as much as I feel like I know I know my voice now, if you're not trying to learn from others, and tr- you're not necessarily impersonating, but if somebody says something in a beautiful way or in a cool, unique way, they mm-hmm. lead to a commercial differently yeah. than you've ever heard. Yeah, of course I want to try and right. do that and find my own voice in it. So. Yeah. If you're not doing that, then I don't think you're doing your job of trying to get better right. at being a broadcast journalist. You just can't take the easy way out, probably, yeah. by, like, copying, right? Yeah. yeah, you can't You can't copy. And maybe, and that's the thing, maybe you do start with a copy. Right. And it's as simple as, hey, they're going to give the score leading to commercial, something like that. Right. All right, we're going to pause here and take a quick second to acknowledge our lovely sponsors. Support for Sandcast from, comes from a new sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, which in beach volleyball, this is a well-groomed sport. You want to be looking good out there, which is why our code for 20% off is look good, play good. And you also want Manscaped because everyone knows or probably knows a guy who has had a trouble, uh, a troubling Manscaped story. I had uh, a buddy in my fraternity who used scissors down there, and it just doesn't work all that well all the time and that's why you have manscaped here to help you out it's redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts you don't need that in your life trust me manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past try well and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls (laughs) that's just nasty Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You're already using deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not using deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Go ahead and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOOKGOODPLAYGOOD at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, ladies and gentlemen. Your balls will thank you. So that is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code LOOKGOODPLAYGOOD today. Speaking of balls, Travis, Wilson just came out with a new ball. That's the new optics ball with the OPTX technology. It's definitely been my favorite ball since I was a kid. I used to play with Wilson back at the Outrigger Canoe Club, as everyone's heard many times over the podcast. And... Uh, Honestly, Wilson's the best ball in the world. If you talk to any of the athletes, the Americans, they all want to be playing with the Wilson. There's a reason that those are the balls you're seeing out on the beaches, whether it's California or Florida or somewhere in between. The Wilson ball is the go-to, and now there's a completely different look that is built to make you perform better, to see the ball better, but it's the same feel. So go to Wilson.com, get yourself a new ball, because if you don't have a new ball, then yeah, you know you're just... You're just that guy on the beach or girl. And use promo code WilsonSand to get your discount today. 
I'd like to take this moment to let all of you know about Firefly Recovery, something that I take on the road with me when I'm traveling. I usually use it on the plane because you know how your legs get all swollen when you're traveling across the world, is a way for us to recover faster with increased blood flow. There's these knee straps and they have these nerve stimulators on them and basically it helps you recover. And you'll see a lot of beach volleyball players wearing them and uh, you need to get yourself a pair today at fireflyrecovery.com. All right, everybody, now it's time for your Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic update. It's been quite a grind in this 2019 season and the season is finally over, so we are officially in the off season. The top American team is Taylor Crabb and Jake Gibb, and they're in the eighth spot in the world. Triborn, yours truly, and Trevor Crabb are in the 10th spot. Meanwhile, Philip Dahlhauser and Nick Lucenter are in the 17th spot, still looking to fill two more finishes uh, to get there, 12. And then on the women's side, April Ross, as always, is in the second spot with Alex Kleinman. They've been dominating this year, but... In the fifth spot, Carrie Walsh Jennings and Brooke Sweat. In the sixth spot, Sarah Sponsel and Kelly Clays. Yes, the American women are absolutely stacked. And in the seventh spot, Kelly Larson and Emily Stockman. It is going to be an insane qualification year in 2020. We're all looking forward to it. Hopefully, Born and Crab are there. Aloha. And now back to the show. So maybe the first time you do it, it's on, you know, your local broadcast and you try and figure out how you can fit it in. And then the next broadcast, then you're like, okay, how can I tweak this so it is my own? So I'm comfortable with it. Right. Now, how can I tweak it to make it mine? Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, and there's only so many ways you can bump to break, guys. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like. It's like, I'm not copying you, but I just said we're going to break. Yeah, like there's, <laughs> exactly. Right. Like there's only so many ways. Right. But to get to the story about Kevin. Um, Kevin, I think, is, and I don't think anyone would disagree with me, he's actually a very good writer, and I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but so when he opens a show for Amazon, mm-hmm. um, he spends, and that's this is where I spend the 45 minutes in the morning, he will spend, his is quite much quicker, 20 minutes writing the open to whatever scene set we have coming. Oh. And he will write it down, but then he'll perform it after the fact. And it is so eloquent. Now you guys have to go back and watch them. Right. There's yeah. a lot of them. They're always, they've got these little sneaky hints in there. and That's a tough thing to do. I didn't realize. I mean, oh, yeah. Like I said, I had no expectations on it. <laughs> but I'd like, it'd be like, okay, we're starting. All right, we're at the beach. And I mean, the waves are good. And there's this guy surfing over here. It looks dope. Like, oh, yeah. that's a good way. All right, I probably shouldn't be talking about waves because we're here for a like, Okay, but I'll we just, do that all the time. So I'll just we're like, speak that my one. mind. <laughs> but like, no, that's a challenging thing to do to bring yeah. everyone in in the morning and like set the tone for the day. Whereas I'm like, just like talking, speaking it. my mind, you know? Yeah, like he was, I remember he used such descriptions that were like, the air above the sand filled with the stands and then some like he would just he would make these things up and make you like feel it yeah Yeah. and it it would totally make you feel it and it's something that it would just start off the morning and you're like oh boy like we're ready to go like he was saying it but it was getting me hyped up Mm -hmm. and so now when I go to write in the morning (laughs) because I've heard him do it so many times and we've written so many together yeah and now Dane has become absolutely a part of this process in the mornings as well that we, I, when I write, I actually hear it in Kevin's voice. <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm so embarrassed by that. But, and so that's the thing, as much as I, I 
I don't necessarily steal from Kevin by any means, yeah. but I do hear it in his voice. And now it's time to be like, okay, this is, I know this is how Kevin would say this. Yeah. Now, how can I say it in my own way? Right. And it's, I mean, so it's to mimic a great, but right. to change it in your own way. Yeah. So it's like borrowing the artistic expression mm-hmm. of Kevin without his actual just like word for word verbatim. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's it's more learning that the people who have who are really good at this job yeah. spend a lot of time at it and they practice and they really work at it. So uh, there there are people all over the place. Anne Marie Anderson was one of them that really helped me. She set the tone. So she has this she's very eloquent. She has a little bit more of like it's not the Amazon AVP tone, but yeah. she like is very professional in her craft. And so she was one of the first people that I got to interact with and take that from. So I have this super professional side and this, I want to do this story the best possible way I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've got to work with Kevin and I got, I get this super fun, obviously still very professional, but yeah. like this super fun, different approach to it. Yeah. And now I'm getting Dane where it's this analytical brain of right. what is he seeing? What, what is he looking for? Mm-hmm. And so you just start to work with people and it's been such an education in the last uh, two years working with all these amazing people. Yeah. And yeah. And Kelly Tennant was amazing at connecting with people too. Like yeah. I think of her and her relationship she built with athletes and just like one year was pretty incredible yeah. too. So thinking of Dane uh, as an addition to that team is like pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to oh, hear all that. I, I, well, I love Dane. <clears throat> I remember the first, the first episode he was on, or the first mm-hmm. tournament. I don't think we really got like I didn't get to know Dane right away, yeah. and then he starts to open up, and dude, you guys, that man is so funny and he's so witty, and his humor is like kind of under the radar and dry and sarcastic, yeah, yeah. and especially it's a lot of stuff that happens off camera too. And I'm like. Dane, you just you need to say these things too because if yeah. I'm dying, like everybody else will be. Yeah. And so I and his family, like both of the guys I work with now, I'm obsessed with their families. It's, it's a, this is literally a dream job because it's not just about volleyball, it's mm-hmm. not just about the amazing athletes. It's like I get to work with two of my best friends and their amazing families yeah. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. It's so, so awesome to have that because like if you like loved your job but didn't like the people that you did it with that would like suck so much you'd be like I don't want to leave but I hate you guys but you get like it's like the perfect scenario where like you're clearly like so jacked up on beach volleyball and the fact that like you get to spend your summers at the beach talking about it and then like you get Kevin which is like a totally different relationship than with Dane but the three of you (laughs) together is like perfect because it's just three completely different entities that go so well together like that's such a good combo well and now what's really fun and it has been in the last several years is like getting you guys to come up Mm, yeah it's like man when we get one of you guys on the mic we're so stoked because we get to hear and see how how the athletes think differently from one to another and I was a volleyball coach. I love coaching. It's one of my dearest passions. I have to set it aside a lot of the time because I just can't do everything at once. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of my favorite things about coaching is when you get a kid, they're different athleticism levels. Maybe they function better 
setting off one foot versus two feet. Maybe they are taller or shorter. How can we find a way to allow this player to, to block a ball differently because she can't move as quick to her left as to her right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm coming from all of these things with this mindset of, like, how can I, how can I adjust this athlete to become a better athlete? Then it's like I get you guys up there and to hear you explain passing from you explaining passing, I'm like straight nerding out because I'm like, oh, this is what works better for you and this is what works better for you. So then if I can take that information and share it to the people at home, Mm -hmm. there's no one right way to play this game. There's no one right way to play indoor volleyball or to hit a ball or to set a ball. Like you look across the board. And you have so many different personalities, so many different types and styles of volleyball. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's what makes it so cool when you guys come up. It's like, well, how does Travis hit a ball? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you looking for? What are you seeing compared to try? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's not really to mention fun too. the personalities as well. Like, oh yeah, it's one thing to see. I mean, and I would say a lot of athletes are like bipolar from their on the court personalities. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's that's a pretty normal thing yeah. where. <clears throat> People only get to see you play, and they're like, oh, he's pretty, whatever, straight edge, or, like, he's a really huge loudmouth and, like, complains about calls. He must be, you know, a talker and annoying, but Mm -hmm. then you go talk to that person, and they're, like, the most calm and collected, or, like, opposite, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like that happens all the time. So for them to, for fans to be able to watch them play and then have them be right in front of the camera, like, in a casual setting like this mm-hmm. right after is just like huge it's so much more, there's so much more entertainment value for our listeners and unless you're getting to learn their perspective like oh, on yeah. what they just did like if you're a player too you're like fully getting yeah. out on that oh it's awesome. for sure yeah and it's it's taken some learning too i think for everybody and we've seen that like everyone's starting to get more comfortable yeah like when you're not used to being in front of a camera it is it can be really uncomfortable yeah. right and so I think that's one of the hard parts of broadcasting is, is you've got maybe 30 seconds to make somebody feel comfortable before they go live. Yeah. And they've never done it mm-hmm. before. They're usually in their swimsuits, sandy, gross. And this even, totally. this even happens, I called NBA Summer League last year. Nice. And I had 30 seconds before I'd sit down and do a 30-minute interview with one of the head coaches for NBA. Like 30 seconds to like build rapport, to <laughs> have them so tell dumb. me their life story. Oh, my gosh. But those are the most important 30 seconds of the entire interview. I would say even more important than any part of the interview. Oh, for sure. Because if you can figure out a way to make somebody feel comfortable and right. just themselves and ignore the fact that there's something in their face and that they're in a dark room and there's lights and totally. someone's asking really personal questions and they're just having a conversation, like that is where I find so much joy in broadcasting. It's where like, you get the gold. Oh, it's just, it's like the, the fun of it. It's yeah. the challenge. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, it's I love it's seeing really how fun. enthused you are about this, this <laughs> job. It's so great. Well, it's, it's not even the job. It's people. Yeah. So it's, it's mm-hmm. honestly connecting to people. It's not about like. It's connecting to people, but you're doing it on camera. So you're connecting to people and allowing others to see it. And that's know? exactly In, in ways it. that like. Yeah they wouldn't be able to connect otherwise, you know? You're connecting other people, I guess. Not yeah. just you and them, but, like, yeah. No, I, I mean, you just said exactly why I do the job I do. Mm. Like, people always assume that because I'm on TV, I just want to be a TV personality and be mm-hmm. famous, and it's about me. Yeah. Like, the best broadcasters, it's not about them right. at all. Like, my job is to share your story. 
is to make it so you can inf- in- impact someone else's life. Yeah. Like that's the stuff that go- gets my engine going. It's the same thing with coaching. Like that's why I love coaching. It's impacting someone's character, how they approach mm-hmm. a sport, their life, their parents. And it's like if I can get that out of you and share to, to more people, it's like I get to help impact more people through your story. Right. So it's a little selfish in that sense because right. that's where I find my joy. Right. But it's, yeah, it should if, never be about me. If you're doing it for the spotlight, like we were saying earlier, you wouldn't have that energy that you're talking about, like to last the three days, you know? The yeah. only reason you can last that long and be like up on finals day is because you really actually enjoy it. And you, I think you would, people would see right through it if you didn't, you know? If yeah. you're like, just wanted to be on camera, you're like, all right, I've, I've got my time on camera and I'm kind of <laughs> over this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's like this podcast. Like, I don't think, if I didn't like these conversations, I'd, don't think we would be doing it. We yeah. haven't even missed a week. I know. It's kind of crazy. And I'm like, we're just having great conversations with people. Like, yeah. This is, this is easy. We're just doing like exactly what we would have been doing over there. Right. We were just doing this <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone else gets to listen to it. Exactly. It's 100% yeah. true. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I feel like we got to give like a huge shout out for wedding week. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah coming up in a couple days. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's so fun. It's super exciting. I'm being like strict diet. Everything's on point so I can, you know, have let, a little fun at your wedding. <laughs> yeah. Everything you got to prepare a couple point. days. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be dope. Yeah, so Delaney's doing all right. She's sur- she's, she's surviving like, the, the she's preparation. She's doing uh, every now and then she'll get like a little stressed out and then she'll like, and then she'll be like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I'm getting married. And then she'll, yeah. she'll start, like, stressing a little more, and she'll be like, yeah. it's, it's fine. It's our wedding. You, you, it's but. one of those things where you plan as much as you can, and you got to be ready to let go of the plan. Just, yeah. yeah. I did my work, and then whatever happens, <laughs> and it's, we're going. It's so funny, because... Um, you got to assume something <laughs> from that giant plan. Like, um, so Delaney is, like, planning for, like, emergency fail-safe if this happens, and if this happens, oh, if this yeah. happens. I'm like, I'm just going to wing it if something goes wrong like it's gonna be fine she's like well what if the tables aren't big enough i'm like then i'll go out and get a table from walmart i promise i'll take care of it yeah. or people will stand and, yeah, you, and it will be totally fine my friends fine. and brothers and everyone's gonna yeah. take care of it or yeah. they'll sit on the ground and they'll be ha- just as happy yeah and that's it like one of, one of my buddies like forgot to well forgot to get a hotel he's like is there a place i can stay i was like yeah, they just our house is huge. Like, just just come, we'll, we'll figure it out. I yeah. think like, that was Travis's version of like throwing shade right there. Like, you forgot. He just like casually like threw in the air quotes. Like, well, I've, casually I've forgot. forgotten to get hotels a lot. <laughs> so you're allowed to do it. You're allowed. Yeah. That I'm, makes sense. I'm more of a my partner does it kind of guy. Oh, I see. Hayden and Trevor, they're they've been on top they're of the the hotels, so I'm just like. Stoked on that. Oh, yeah. see, I'm learning Perfect. something new. I wouldn't have thought but that. They get the I hotel points, have... so I'm like, I'll uh, sacrifice the hotel points tonight. No, oh, dude, that's, that's actually a really good trade off. At the end of the year, they get like probably a free room or two. Yeah, for them and their significant other or whatever, and I'd love to just not deal with it ever. <laughs> I'm good. So this is the Don't part. Don't tell Trevor though. This is the part I love. Like this is beach volleyball though. Like everybody's so entwined, and I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a sport where. Your your family life or your life is more intertwined with your actual sport, like from competitor to competitor to friend to friend. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's you know football. Maybe the families come out from time to time, but like you guys like 
I mean, obviously, you don't have kids yet, but you will yeah. soon. <laughs> soon. Not soon. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't mean that. Like, Delaney's not pregnant. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Maybe she... No, I'm just kidding. We're moving again, forward. But then again, I don't know if she is. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but no, that's like... Is there another sport where you would think that there's more kind of convergence of life and sport itself? The only other one I, I would think of is just with how big AAU basketball culture is getting is oh, that in true. the basketball culture is getting there. Um, but I think beach is way different because like our whole sport, we live right next to each other. Like I can walk for probably two hours and see 30 different people. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're all like right here and like I'm at Tri's house like yeah. <laughs> half the days of the week. <laughs> so and like I used to crash here all the time when I lived in a uh, Costa Mesa and like we uh-huh. practiced here a lot and so uh, and like I don't know we probably have like 15 or 16 volleyball players like coming to the wedding Mm -hmm. that like I've played against like at least half a dozen times it's funny too because they're like your biggest enemies yeah like legitimately taking food off the table I mean yeah no I I understand Yeah. yeah but like we still are somewhat forced to be friends you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's such a it's such a funny dynamic I was thinking about it because we had the podcast last week with Mikkel, and he yeah. was he was talking about wh- when I came out, and I was like all fired. I had a huge chip on my shoulder, and I was talking to him and Hayden privately in the gym, and I was like, "Fuck Phil, like f Phil," you yeah. know, because I was like, "I'm I'm not gonna back down," you know. And yeah. that was private conversation and whatnot. But then like, I'm like, "Yeah, that was pretty intense." Like I was like, you know, going after these old veterans, like the stars, and then I was like. But like I'm a same at the same time, Phil's like been one of those guys for me over the years that's reached out at like you know hard times or big losses and like just been a super good dude all around. And I'm like, how is it like? It's funny that that's the same person. Like I have to yeah. like absolutely try to kill him, and I know he's trying to kill me when we're on the court. And then we have to like flip it, or we just naturally flip it, and we're like good friends, like looking out for each other. It's just. I guess it's just beach volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I yeah. was, it kind of made me think. I was reading, um, shout out to Jeremy Casebeer, his Instagram post today. Um, was really cool because he was talking mm. about like finding what kind of competitor he is. You know, are you going to be the guy that comes out and is going after the vets? And then, or you, or you can try that. And then maybe you're the guy that becomes super laid back and totally, chill. Yeah. And you just do your own stuff and yeah. you like let it go. Like or, Billy Allen, John yeah. Mayer kind of vibe, right? Exactly. Yeah, whereas I'm like, like aggro kind of like you know chip on my shoulder guy. Me and Trevor, of course. Yeah. Trevor's the worst chip on the shoulder guy. <laughs> but yeah, no, totally. And it's just super cool because like that's what he was saying. He's like, I had to figure out what kind of competitor, and I that's the the part of athletics I still thoroughly enjoy. Like, I know when I'm competing. You better assume there's a massive chip on my shoulder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I was always like that. Yeah. And I, I, always, I feel like that even in broadcasting a yeah. lot of the time. Like, yeah, I grew up somewhere where TV wasn't a big thing. Right. And there wasn't a whole lot of help, like, from the area, mm-hmm. which I still love. And I'm like, yeah, I am, I am going to figure out a way to make this my life and my love. Yeah. I'm going to figure out a way to make it because everyone says I shouldn't. Right. You know, like everything, all the cosmos are saying you shouldn't be the one, you know? And I'm like, screw that. Mm -hmm. That makes me even more amped to do it. And so like, I still approach certain things as much as I find joy. I find joy in like the competition and the chip on my shoulder and being like, 
no, you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. And, and a lot so, of times you're like looking for it too, right? You're oh, like, yeah. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Like when you hear little things. And, oh, yeah. And whatnot. I would do it on the volleyball court all the time. Yeah. yeah. I like, I would walk in and find something to hate. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. that's how I played. Uh-huh. And as nice as I may seem, I was, uh, <laughs> guys, when I'm I playing volleyball. I want to see some footage. <laughs> Cam just ripping down nets at co-ed tournaments. And well, <laughs> yeah. I was actually pretty embarrassed. There was a, I was doing a Fox Sports broadcast uh, for Big Eastman's Hoops, like, last week or the week before. And Dante Jones was my co-host. And he was asking me, like, there's no way volleyball players fight and stuff. I was like, oh, gosh, I have to tell this story. <laughs> so I almost got into a fist fight in indoor volleyball um, when I was, like, 17 playing club and the match was to go to the Junior Olympics. And okay. they were, like, getting the score wrong. And this girl came over and, like, grabbed my jersey from underneath the net and pulled me back on because I was disputing the score. Yeah. And you got to uh-huh. lean Whatever. But I was going, man, I'm telling this on Fox Sports. Like, everyone's going to know this about me that I nearly threw a haymaker at this girl. <laughs> and, like, she, she pulled my jersey and I confronted her and... It did not end well for her. And uh, that was, I just realized, I was like, yeah, I probably should not be allowed to play contact <laughs> sports, which is when I stopped playing basketball. <laughs> like, ball balling like, of the net. The it's net's like, there. It's funny, it's like a net, it's not really separating you, but you, it's like a, it's almost well, like an invisible it's barrier. just enough, yeah. It's like, uh, if I go over there, it says a lot. Yeah, Pandora doesn't go back in the box. You know? right, <laughs> right. you're under the net. In basketball, if you walk up to a guy and you're, like, in his face, it's, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. But if you go under the net and you get in someone's face, it's, like, all right. Yeah. I think think we're fighting right now. There's no turning back. Pretty sure we're fighting. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there there are a couple. It was always interesting in college women's volleyball. I don't know if I should be spilling these secrets to you guys, but... Whatever. Let I like loose. the the <laughs> amount of like trash talk that happens in women's college volleyball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it happens I'm sure it does in men's college, but like there was some mean, yeah. shade being yeah. thrown through that net, I will we tell had you Fallon that much. On here a few weeks ago and I'm she, sure she just She likes talking. Was, She's yeah. great. Yeah. I love Fallon's shit talk is like top notch. I'm pretty sure yeah, I played against her too. one did I play against her one year? That's what's funny, too, is I played against so many people on tour now. Yeah. Like, I played against Kelly Reed for three, four year, three years. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, yeah. Like, all the time. I and Alex Kleinman. That. Wow. Yeah, like, I played against these girls yeah. on the regular. Oh, that's cool. So I, got the full I did not think about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember trying to bla- block Alex. Like, that's not oh. fun, you guys. <laughs> Good luck with that. That is not fun. <laughs> all right? I'm five foot eleven with really short arms. <laughs> She's six foot five with really long Limbs in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it did not go well for me. <laughs> she typically won that battle. I'm, I'm like back there soft blocking every two sets, like three feet off the net. <laughs> like, I got a touch. Yeah. I did something. <laughs> yeah, no. But that's the fun part of this job now, too. It's like I used to broadcast my friend or my former teammates, and now it's like all these people that I've played yeah. against in the Pac-12 for yeah. so long. Is it, um, do you find that it's getting easier for you to broadcast about <laughs> this sport now that you're getting to know people better or almost is it getting more difficult? Cause like you have to be honest and like, yeah. like, you know, if, if I shank six passes in a row, you have to be like, Travis <laughs> is passing terrible, Yeah. but like we also have a good relationship. So like finding that balance between like being friends with someone as like, I, mean, I think it's fair to say that you're friends with a lot of people on tour yeah. and like also being a professional at what you do is a tricky balance to find. I was wondering that. I, I like it when people get called out. Yeah. 
but there's totally I think especially in our sport everyone's so close right like mm-hmm. you guys are close to the players it's not like basketball where like well and people use it as film player. so they go back and watch and yeah, then like totally right. yeah. I'm like oh dear <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh people actually I think I was a little harsh on people sometimes and I remember like hearing like yeah like or just little stuff where, where they were like a little mad that mm-hmm. I was saying stuff and I think Reed was mad at me a little bit. <laughs> I think it'd be even harder for you because you were still pl- like planning to play. Yeah. I still have that like, like yeah. chip on my shoulder every time. So I'm like, I think I talk nice about everyone, you know. I, I, I left that on the sand for the most part, but deep down I'd be like, yeah, but he sucks at this. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, I would have blocked that. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. And that, it's, it's a learning curve. And I think it's the art of broadcast journalism. And there's different tones for different events. You know, uh, collegiate sport is all about celebrating the athlete, yeah. right? So you, yeah, you can talk negatively, but it's about like, okay, why did this happen? And what, what caused this person to play in a poor manner? Um, is it a, a lack of athleticism or is it because he's undersized? Is it because of where he's from and he didn't mm-hmm. play this position or he or she? Yeah. Um, and so you find ways not to necessarily talk kind of talk around it in collegiate sport a lot of the time um, hmm. because they're amateur athletes, right? So you figure out ways. And it's not to say that you're by no means are you dishonest, but I mean, if there's a 10 point scoring run, you're not going to be stupid and say, well, they just simply can't pass. <laughs> right. So there's yeah. ways instead of saying they still can't pass on the sixth point, they still can't pass on the 10th point. You're like, hey, let's describe what's going on here. The reason they can't pass this ball the reason this ball is so challenging is because they're serving over their left shoulder. It's one of the hardest balls you have to pass is having to back up on a ball. And then maybe they serve and they keep going at someone. Hey, on the next point, can we talk about the mentality? How tough is it when someone serves six times at you in a row? Right. And then the next point. So you instead of finding, like, gosh, this guy sucks at passing to his left, it's mm-hmm. like, what makes this so hard? Why yeah. is it so challenging for him? And so you're never mm-hmm. diminishing the athlete. You're explaining why what they're doing is so challenging, if that that makes sense. And so that's a lot of how I take in collegiate sport, but also in professional sport. I think it's it's kind of that fine line of, you know, I can have a little bit more fun with you guys and be like, dude, Jeremy Casebeard has gone off. I mean, what are you supposed to do when he's serving the ball like that on hard packed sand? And yeah, like. Sorry guys, not much you can like, not much you can do. Right. Close your eyes and pray. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so you, I can do a little bit more of that with the Amazon stuff, and you guys wouldn't attest to that. You're like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. If I have, if I'm also calling play by play, it's not as much of my position to be the one. So maybe I ask Dane or, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin, and then a lot of times, you know, they'll ask me, and I'll, I'll a lot of times go towards the mentality or. Just like what I said, changes in what makes this sport so challenging. Right. So it's never to say negative stuff to people, right. but and I'm sure I've made I've know I've made error. <laughs> I know I've made errors. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to. Like, yeah. I mean, just like the volume when we had Kevin on, we were talking about it. Like the volume that you guys of, of work you guys are doing in a weekend is alarming. Like you guys yeah. are on the beach from. I mean, the first match starts at 8 sometimes in the morning mm-hmm. and ends at, you know, six, 6. And you guys are doing, like, a closing show, and you guys are doing, like, an intro. Show. And, and it's talking. two hours before and usually an hour and a half after. Yeah. And you're Oof. talking the whole time. Like, it, you can make the comparison to if a point guard has the ball in his hands 
every minute of every game, he's going to make the most turnovers. Mm-hmm. Right? It's inevitable. Like, you guys are going to make mistakes. Like, when people are like, oh, my gosh, did you hear Kevin say uh, side out when they hit the ball out? It's like, <laughs> yeah, man, this is his eighth match of the day. <laughs> and there's, I mean, yes, it happens a lot. And there, I mean, even, I didn't grow up playing beach volleyball. So there was a lot I had to learn. And mm-hmm. I did spend time before I ever got the, AVP job because I actually when I finished playing overseas I wanted to play beach volleyball that's little not necessarily known fact is I wanted to play on the tour yeah Mm -hmm. and I was like okay start training do what you can and then you know my ruptured L5S1 was just not gonna let that happen I went through therapy I went through training I went through oh gosh strength training Cairo everything I was playing five days a week or you just came back with the injury never got to start beach oh no no no. so I my last pro season I I did it three months in it was like a freak accident um I was in Sweden and I deep loaded this is my sob story I deep loaded like a beach block so I like hands to the ground out of system ball went up to block um like third or fourth set of my match like completely warm Uh five points to go and I remember, like, jumping and feeling everything on my back just, like, release. Like, I'd never been injured either, guys. Ouch. Nothing like this. On the, on the jump up. up. So Whoa. I remember just feeling it, like, at the top of my jump and being like, oh, this doesn't feel Floating good. Floating or this distracted. Is, yeah, like, yeah. I'm. there's nothing supporting me. And when you're in the air, it was almost like you knew you were going to fall and there was yeah, like, nothing do I, you could how do. How do I want to choose to land here? Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will never Ooh. forget it. It was on... Oh. Halloween, or it was on the 30th of October, and I landed, and when I landed, I just went, my whole spine just went, and that disc just went, it was bad, and then I went back to go. You were outside? I was setter. Setter. So I went back to go serve the next point, not like, I knew I was in pain, but I was like, oh, whatever, I just like kind of, maybe it's just a bulging disc, I got five points to play, you're fine. Yeah. So I went back to go like jump, float the ball, and I remember tossing the ball, and like I went to jump. And I couldn't breathe. I was like, <gasps> and I like somehow paintbrushed the ball over the net. I, and then I oh, went, to, I still played out the point, but look, it was in back row. Yeah. I couldn't jump set the last five points. Cause I couldn't, I could barely move. Right. Uh, we finished out and long story short, miscommunication with doctors and language barriers and whatnot. Uh, didn't Surgery find out. in Sweden? No, I didn't find out that it was even ruptured until a month after the in- injury. Oh, oh I had man. an MRI the next day and they just told me your back's not fractured. And so I was like, awesome, great, they cool. They didn't look at the Well, they did, but I went, it is. I, so I went directly, so I got an MRI and the next uh, day they set me up with a <clears throat> physio mm-hmm. and I never saw my doctor again. And the physio was the one that struggled a little bit with as well as well as I struggled with the language barrier yeah. obviously I can't mm-hmm. speak Swedish um and so they told me that like your back's not fractured we'll just you're gonna come in three days a week whatever so I was like okay we'll they go we'll send you a, a letter in the mail a month or we'll send you a letter in the mail telling you what it is but I'm like okay if it's if it's whatever if they're sending me a letter it can't be like more than just like a bulging right, disc or right. something I'll be fine I'll miss it one game first game I've ever missed in my career Miss one game, I'll be good. So I start playing on it a week after. Not, like, in excessive amounts of pain, you guys. Like, waking up, can't bend over the sink to brush my teeth. Uh, can't, I still, to this day, can't sneeze without, like, severe pain. Oh, man. Um, oh. Could not walk, could not move. And I had this back strap that I'd wear that I'd, like, cinch on. I wore that for a long time, yeah. <sighs> 
But the I, amount of like anti-inflammatories. I was seeing like three different balls <laughs> while I'm playing, like not knowing which one to set. Yeah, it was. Your liver's just getting crushed. Yeah, and then so after Not three weeks, I got well. the the letter saying it's ruptured. You're supposed to be out for, what was it, one to three months or three to five months, something like that. I was like, well, that's the rest of my season. So yeah. either I go home yeah. or I play. And I already played three weeks, and my team was doing well, and I didn't want to give up on my team, so I stayed. And I, it's been four plus years now, and I live with chronic pain. So, but we were still very good. It was still a blast. Yeah. My best friend was on the team. Like, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, just got to figure out a way to, so when I got back, I started coaching in San Diego and loved every minute of it. Um, started doing some like adult beach clinics and working with amazing people that taught me a lot about the game, Mm -hmm. which was really fun. And then started playing five days a week Nice. down in San Diego and yeah. And one thing led to another, and I got busy with work, and the back just never healed. So mm. I tried training, and I would try and coach, and I couldn't feel my legs. Oh. So it was like, this is... That's a sign. Yeah, it's... So it was, yeah. honestly, to me, it was like the biggest, like, God thing to me was wanting to train and try something and feeling like I had played... I was playing the best volleyball I'd ever played in my life. Yeah. And I, the worst possible thing was to have it taken away from me. And I wanted so badly to play in the U.S. and have my family come and watch and be a part of it and love what I was doing. And all of a sudden it was like, nope, you're done. And then however many months later, or a year later, mm-hmm. or something like that, two years, two, might have been two years later, to get the call from Amazon and ABP to say like, hey, we want you to be a part of our family was... You're like, it was God way more all that work. Yeah, but it was way more I... meaningful to me than I think people ever realized. Right. Like to still have that be a part of my life, even yeah. though I felt like it was just like ripped from me, right. was huge. Huge. It was totally. Yeah. It was really cool. That's why that's why this means so much to me. Because yeah. I would die <laughs> to be playing right now. <laughs> totally. That, yeah. So you like you didn't apply for the job. Like they sought you out. Um, well, I had like an ongoing relationship with AVP, um, just because I'd started calling games for Pac-12 and whatnot. And so like, I remember I had gone in, I think a year or a year and a half. I don't know. They're all blurring together now. Uh, and met with, uh, Donald and Josh and we talked about maybe doing some like content before Amazon was ever a part of the picture. And so I had already built a relationship with them. Oh, nice. Of like, hey, like, I'm a broadcaster. What can I do to help? I love this sport. Mm -hmm. And so there was already a lot of rapport there. And then once the Amazon deal was done, um, I mean, I have an agent and whatnot, so it all kind of... Honestly, I'm not really sure how it all even came together. Uh, I remember I got a... Yeah, I got a call from Josh Glazerbrook. That's awesome. Saying, hey, I think we've got something going on. I was like, nice. all right, Josh, what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Super it's cool. kind of uh, a little bit of everything. And mm-hmm. then you had to go through the process of, there was a long process. I bet. Everybody, you know, everyone's got to approve you and write you off, like, right off on you saying, yeah. like, right, okay. Yeah. And, yeah, that first broadcast, man. <laughs> so what, the first broadcast was... Uh, Austin, was AVP. Austin, uh, what, two... Yeah, so 2017. 2018? 2018. 2018. Okay. That's the one I went out with you, right? And you qualified for? Um, 2018? That was, uh, yeah, 
I guess it was. So, yeah, it was 2018. Yeah. 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 So we were there. I was there. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That one, I will never forget the night before them saying, you're going to be calling play-by-play. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's new. Yeah. And then they said, we don't know what the format's going to look like tomorrow. We're just going to figure it out as we go. Okay. And AVP looks at you and says, yeah, don't screw up. This is our brand. And you're like, okay. And then Amazon says, yeah, this is our Amazon brand. Don't screw up. And you're like, okay. <laughs> we're Here we big, go. We're a pretty big brand. Don't mess it up. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm calling play-by-play tomorrow. Here we go. Uh-huh. So it was, oh, that was, talk about fear. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, think, totally. um, I think that journalists in general have an ability to handle stuff like that and be sort of spontaneous and when things start going wrong we're okay because we have no other choice like we have to like even if it's pouring down rain as there's it did no Austin, running like, away there's no other option yeah, it's and that's why it. i think like we talked about like the wedding planning him out oh, i'm like we'll figure it out because like you always just have to figure it out and like everything's figure outable <laughs> like, yeah well and you're every- gonna make it work it is guaranteed that something will go wrong yeah. during a broadcast, every broadcast. So it's how can you handle that? Yeah. And the greatest broadcasters are the ones that don't even let the audience know something's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they figure out a way to make it so that like the audience is connected to the issue and then they can figure out and make fun of it and have fun with it instead of being like, oh no, our audio just went down or oh no, we're still in our open and it's the championship match and there's two points played and we haven't even shown the two points that just played in start of a championship match. That yeah. literally just happened to me with ESPN this year. <laughs> and like my play by play had no idea, like no idea. Yeah. And I was like, this is, <laughs> I'm like trying to go off the graphics, realizing two points have been played and he's doing his job, like leading this whole show. Yeah. And my producer is in my ear going, uh, uh, cause the timing somehow got screwed yeah. up, screwed up. And I'm like, we get to the, the close of the open and he's like, uh, starts calling it like the game's just started. Yeah. I'm like, well, actually everyone's just so excited. You know, these players are so oh, excited wow. to get playing. They've already played two points. So the score is actually <laughs> one apiece. Yeah. They started early. So like, you got to find ways yeah. to. Mark Schuerman has one of the best stories with that, how he was calling the finals of one event. And, um, I don't know if you remember this from the podcast we did with him, but so that's when it's one's on NBC mm-hmm. and one was on a different maybe, or and then one was his court mic and one was the NBC mic. Oh, yeah. And so he couldn't just use one. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, how am I going to do this? And he was like, ladies and gentlemen, this is such a big event. I need two microphones yep. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's pretty good, Mark. Uh-huh. Uh, it's guaranteed something will go wrong. You just got to figure out how to get through it. Yeah. It's just like Beach Bottle. There are no subs. There's no, like... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. On eight-hour days, there's no subs. Totally. Indoors, like, I shanked three in a row. Yeah. Coach? <laughs> I'm coming out. Like, you're calling your own number at that point, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, it's like, oh, God, this is not going to stop. Yeah. They're going to keep coming at me <laughs> until I fix it. Yeah. I have a new event. Uh, I, don't, I can't say exactly what it is, but I can say it's something I have, no, like growing up had no expertise in yeah um i've never like well apart from amazon and avp like this the amount of studying i'm doing in the next seven days to lead up to this event i'm hosting it six hour broadcast by myself six hours like hosting all of it so it will encompass like yeah so it'll encompass like 15 minute show in the morning and then i've got 
there's all these different competitions that happen throughout the day, okay. and I give pretty much like updates throughout each of these competitions. I'll be also doing parts of play-by-play, parts of reporting, parts of hosting, and it's six, six total days of competition plus one day of a reset in the middle. You're doing six hours a day? Six hours a day. And it's something that I have never done before, uh, and it's the same thing as it was with Amazon. Like, am I terrified? necessarily because I'm starting to get better at doing things but like is it insanely challenging am I having to learn something that I have never done before absolutely but Mm -hmm. I'm like if I can figure out how to do this then it's like give me anything to call I'll figure it out so it's never ceasing in this industry you just got to keep getting better I feel like you like that's the kind of stuff that I get a sense that you kind of live off of that you just yeah, like it's fun that like because that's just, that's what make, makes life so fun that like if you were just doing the same thing that you were comfortable doing I can't imagine you'd be super satisfied with that and that no. like now you have this huge big challenge ahead of you you're like I get to learn all this stuff and it's like kind of scary but things are going to go wrong but I'm going to figure it out mm-hmm. and I get the opportunity to do that well and ultimately like by me doing jobs like this that have nothing to do with beach volleyball yeah. they make me better at beach volleyball even though they're not connected at all because I'm put in such uncomfortable environments and such tough situations that like when I get into a beach volleyball game and a tough situation comes up or something, maybe I've talked for three hours and I can't think of something new to say. I'm like, yeah, how about the time you had to think of something new to say about something you had no idea of and you had to do it for six hours. So everything just becomes easier and you get better at it and you find new and creative ways once you just continue to stretch yourself. Totally. So I will be very. I'll be sure to update you guys. Yeah, no, I'm excited. <laughs> Once I get through this, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not sure I can announce. That's why I'm like, oh, I probably should just wait. But yeah, it'll be fun. Well, good luck. Thanks. Thanks. Well, yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm sure at some point I'll put it on my social so you yeah. guys can see it. It's something that I'm not sure beach volleyball players will be very interested in, but. <laughs> You never know. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm like, so his, curious. His now. brain is going. I wanted to be guessing, but I'm like, nothing's coming up. <laughs> oh, no. You guys will learn for sure. All right, we'll, we'll but, follow. So that's kind of the start of your madness schedule through yeah. December? So I've got an event pretty much the, the 17th through the 27th. Come home for a week. Then I have a three-week filming of another event that's a new one that I will have no idea anything about it until I spend hours upon hours. It's like studying for a law exam all the time. <laughs> Shout out to Brannigan. <laughs> I now know how you feel. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, April's all beach volleyball, which is super fun. Yeah. College stuff. And that's with the Pac-12? Yep. Okay. And maybe some men's volleyball in there, which would be very new and fun. Uh-huh. So I'm stoked for that. Yeah. Uh, and then what else do I have? Done. And then May is ABB. Yeah. And then NBA stuff through the summer. Oh, and f- f- uh, college men's hoops thrown in there when and it's Do you possible. still do uh, football? Yeah. Are you still doing football? football? Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, that as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, though. You get to, like, learn stuff in all different areas, and then you can bring it all back to us. Yeah. For beach volleyball. <laughs> it's it's where your favorite. Obvious. That is actually... I'm not saying that, yeah, but I am say saying it, that. I mean, you pretty much said it with the whole yeah. backstory and everything. I mean, when it's your own like sport ish, right. yeah. you're like, okay, mm-hmm. it's hard for it to not be, right? Yeah. Sometimes you can't pick a favorite child. 
you know, <laughs> this is that case. Like, I am my mother's favorite child. Exactly. Right, Mom? <laughs> my poor mom gets tossed into, like, every broadcast. She gets thrown under the bus so much. And I'm like, <laughs> I swear she has, like, her own personality. I remember the first time I brought her out to an AVP event. Um, Sarah Hughes walked up her and she was like, Birdie! And I'm, my mom's name's Bonnie, but everyone calls her Birdie. Yeah. And my mom's like, did Sarah Hughes just come up to me and know my name? <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, she's more famous at AVP events than anybody. That's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, rightly so. so she's, a, she's a wonderful woman, but she gets Shout talked out. about all the time. Yeah. Now she's on Sandcastle. Now she's now on Sandcastle. She's, she's really touched the most every broadcast. <laughs> yeah. She even made my flock, like my men's basketball broadcast. I'm like, Oh, gosh. I can't help it. I don't know. I love your mom. But anyways, what I else you guys got? I only got one kid, so she's definitely my favorite. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Nice. The clubhouse in the moment. She is so far out. Yeah, you get to have that. Yeah, Man. we'll see. So I've, I always ask athletes this that are now parents <clears throat> and also have done some coaching in their life. Mm-hmm. How much is parenting like coaching, do you think? I know... Nice, it's a little one. Yeah. But still. She doesn't really listen to me yet. Four and a half months. That probably won't change. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I might start talking more, but she's not going to listen. Um, yeah, I mean, coaching, I mean, it's like you said earlier. You're, you're like kind of, you're giving them life lessons, and you're kind of like mixing that in with everything you say, because you notice some kids are like, this kid's not going to play professionally. He doesn't want to, or he or she doesn't want to, and mm-hmm. she's gonna be good at something else but like how can I tie in what we're doing here today into just learning like so maybe they can whatever they're passionate about one day they can use this skill mm-hmm. to like do that and I don't know when I think about parenting because I mean I'm not really doing it to that extent yet I think about just trying to figure out what what path they want to go on not like trying to make them go down it's like when you teach a kid oh do it like me it's like no no one's going to be able to do it like me for the most part right with your kid you have to figure out what path they're going to go down and help them go down their path and not yours kind of thing that's you think Gabby's going to like go into the actress I know I've been talking about (laughs) actress or athlete and I'm trying to like look I'm like she's beautiful so she can do whatever she she wants she looks so it's good for beach volleyball too (laughs) yeah I mean it works everywhere (laughs) luckily she got her dad's looks (laughs) 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 Um, oh man yeah I I actually am thinking about that stuff obviously you can't tell yet like personality no but like I'm like create creativity or like more athleticism is she ADD like me like active I'm, I'm like looking for all of it you know I'm trying to figure it out but I always think it's interesting with families too like how much kids vary from like one to the next yeah. right. I mean and obviously there's, the opposite. there's so many similarities a lot of times like those core values that mm-hmm. are instilled in you but like man they can just really change it up on you yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna go the exact opposite yeah. direction oh yeah my sister's good at this I'm gonna be really good at this right exactly it's generally how it goes sometimes oh yeah how many siblings do you have two two I'm in the middle of three boys oh fun yeah mayhem we are house of boys it turns out I'm the only beach volleyball player so what do the other two do um so they it's funny they both like work at the same place but growing up we played like pretty much every sport you could, which volleyball was just not a sport in a farm town in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just I hear you. My older brother, <laughs> my older brother was football and baseball okay. is what he narrowed it down to um, in high school. And then my younger brother was golf and basketball. 
then I was also golf and basketball. You golf? Yeah. Did not know that. That was my best sport oh, yeah. as a kid. What? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be fun. So whenever I you're ready. I love to golf. Let's go golf. Let's go. Because yeah, let's I, was go. Talking to let's April, I was talking to April because April's been spending so much time golfing too. I was like, when did this become a thing for you? Like yeah. she just does it to like get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's playing multiple sports now. All you guys, I like it. Like Sponsel's playing tennis. Yeah, swimming. I saw Pavin doing tennis. I'm like, I'm in, guys. These were my other sports. Like, yeah. I need the invite. To yeah, this. totally. Because I can kind of these are casual things that yeah. I could mm-hmm. still participate in. Well, I'm down to get on the links. We still oh, me, for me sure. and Trev can. Oh, why don't we could do a podcast? Let's talk. Let's we go. we gotta do the sandcast like invitational. One yeah, day. you, you could do the I mean? sandcast from. The sand. From the links. <laughs> from the mm-hmm. sand trap. Sand trap. Sand trap cast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of course, there has to be like a competition. We can't like just. Oh, yeah. Right? Like. I don't know if the golf course will allow us to just sit in their sand trap for an hour. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, there has to be a competition. There has to oh, be totally. a yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got to sure. do something. Yeah. Like, we'll get something going. I don't know. Lunch, bobas. Oh, yeah, I always go. played for Acai. That was oh, always yeah. my big I'm one. For that, That's yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, well, we're, well, we'll have to find a break in your schedule, which is about to get insane. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. So when you get a break, let us know. We'll get out there. First week? No, I'm just kidding. First week <laughs> of next year. And... <laughs> yeah. That's what I was gonna say. That sounds like a good time for me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, year? you're. I was yeah. gonna say, where are you guys going next? Uh, I'm going to now Doha. I'm, you are okay. So Doha's yeah. coming up. Got that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, I'm registered for the three star in Australia. I don't know if me, so I'm registered with Mike Bogue. I'm hoping oh, nice. that we'll have enough points to get in. Okay. Um, cause we're like kind of, we have a sneaky amount of points cause like we just mm-hmm. did a bunch of tournaments that no one really wanted to do. And, uh, so I think that we might be able to kind of slip in there, but Australia is a pretty popular spot. Yeah. Um, so I talked to Mike the I other day so. and we were just like, let's just sign up for every three star and four star. And if we get into a couple of country quotas and, like, piss people off, and like, we'll just piss people off. <laughs> so, hey, that's what you got to do. You got to yeah. work. I like so it. So maybe Australia, but for sure, next place I'm going is Big Bear for the wedding. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Actually, you're already married on podcast time. True. Because this coming out after. Yeah, this will be. Oh, this yeah. is. I'll already be back from the honeymoon, so. <laughs> you're a married man. I'm a married man Wait, now. where's right. the honeymoon? Tahoe. It's road tripping. How was it? That's yeah, amazing. it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like I'm still it. alive, so snowboarding went well. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I was going to make another joke, but I'm uh, going to avoid because I think Delaney's already going to be upset with me that I may have talked about her being pregnant. <laughs> Sorry. But she is not, that we know of. But by the time this podcast <laughs> that's comes what I was, out... That's the joke oh, I was yeah, going to make, it, but yeah. I didn't think I could go there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, I said it. So. Yeah, so as long as you said it, we're good. Both in doghouse. <laughs> I don't know if there is a doghouse with Delaney. She's just like too yeah, nice. I can't imagine it. <laughs> Tahoe will be super fun. I just yeah. went to a wedding there. I'm excited. So that's a great place. Yeah. Gosh, We've, you guys uh, are just doing life better than anybody. That's what I'm saying. It's, yes. We have, if we're ever caught complaining, our listeners need to like come like pick it at the door. And Reach just through like, the camera us. or the microphone and just slap yeah. us. It would be ridiculous if we were, like, complaining about life. Yeah. I feel like if that was a capability, I would have several black eyes throughout the year. <laughs> I think Kev would have more. <laughs> so. Yes, that is not even a debate. That is a fact. We've, uh, we've kept it here for a good bit. Um, yeah. 
Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for guys. coming on. This is a blast. I've been this is literally you called me and I was like, oh boy, the time has Here come. We go. <laughs> I'm so excited. The only two the only other podcast I was on, which is now no longer, was the net live. Uh, yeah, so. we put him out of business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Eh, good. He talks enough already. Yeah. They passed the baton though. We had them both on. Yeah. They passed the baton. We had, yeah. a, we had a ceremony episode. Yeah. Yeah. No. They're the it's going to be fun. I think actually they're they've got something coming up. I'm I sure think they're they're having a good old time. So yeah. I'm sure Kevin's got his mind in 1500 places coming up with certain ideas. Yeah. So you but. mentioned you have uh, you keep your social media fairly um, up to date. <laughs> How can people follow you on that? Oh gosh. Uh, well, we got to see what this event is. I know. I know. What's the no now? It's at Cameron Irwin. I spell my name really strange. Uh, my sister, fun fact, my sister named me, and Cameron was not my original name. Really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, it's named Casey. My sister, who's 15 months older than me, is Cassie. Mom was not thinking. Ah. Way too close. So my <laughs> oldest sister named me Cameron, C-A-M-R-Y-N, uh, Irwin, I-R-W-I-N. And yeah, that's pretty much the only way people know where I'm at, including my mother, is on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so she checks it on the regular. And let's see, and Twitter, whatever, you know. I like to be very social, so mm-hmm. send me a note, and I will do my best to get back to you. Awesome. So, Love it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Karen, thanks for coming on. This is great. <laughs> I had so much fun. Excited for uh, AVP season if, oh, if we gosh. get to play. I know. Us international yeah. guys. It's going to be it's gonna be, you know it's gonna be crazy here. The good news I'm hearing, which, well, it's good news for us playing AVP, is that China, we're not allowed to go to China right now. So oh. all of... I think we get we'd get to be back for maybe like Huntington or something like that. If, oh, that'd be yeah. awesome! China doesn't happen. That'd be cool. That would I'd be, be cool. stoked, especially the first event. Yeah, super fun. We gotta kick it off. Maybe even uh, Austin. Wow. Who knows? But there's also a chance we just don't play the first half of the season. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. I'm so curious to see what happens in the next couple of months. Oh yeah. Yeah. As you are too, yeah. I'm sure. For sure. Gosh. I love volley nerding with you. It's great. <laughs> There's so many things happening right now. I know. Every day I'm like on people's social media and I'm like, oh gosh, where are they now? What's yeah. happening now? Mm-hmm. Where are the points at? It's so fun. Yeah. It's also fun sport. It also makes me super anxious, so I can only imagine how it makes you feel. It's funny though, we haven't played for a few months and yeah. like I keep getting questions. Did you guys qualify yet? And I'm like, like, I haven't even played in a bit. Yeah. Like, I'm still exactly where I was know. two months ago. Yep. And you just keep getting that same question. I'm just like, ask me in June, please. Yeah. What a, what a freaking cool opportunity, though. Yeah, that, exactly. Oh, gosh. We shall see. But I'm sure you'll be keeping everyone updated. Uh, oh, yeah. For sure. Because everyone in the U.S. will be watching AVP while we're over there grinding oh, yeah. it out. It's going to be a fun year of volleyball. For yeah. sure. So much fun in mm-hmm. 2020. Yep. Yeah. There's more volleyball than ever, which is great. Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll stop talking. Volley nerds out. Volley nerds out. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.